Welcome to Monday Morning Murder in the News with Alyssa Carroll. Except it's Friday. And good morning, heathens. And happy Murder in the News Friday that I have been pretty good about releasing every Friday. Here, we continue our Murder in the News, which is still better than the regular trash news we are fed. So buckle in, trash pandas. Let's get to it. And remember, I do not read these articles past the title, so we are reacting together. Here we go. Okay, our first article comes from valleycentral.com national news, and the title reads, Three-Legged Bear Breaks Into Florida Home, because yes, we seem to always need to talk about Florida, and Drinks White Claws. Lake Mary, Florida. A three-legged bear, known locally as <laughs> Tripod, was caught on camera breaking into a home in Lake Mary, Florida over the weekend and helping itself to some snacks and adult beverages. My goodness. Josery Fanette Diglio found out she had a thirsty, uninvited guest when she got a security camera notification around 5 p.m. Sunday, she told the local news. The home wasn't unoccupied when the bear arrived, however, her son, 13-year-old Joseph, and the family dog Bruno were both inside. Diglio said that he realized there was a bear in the home after he heard Bruno barking and then watched Tripod rip a makeshift door into the screen surrounding an enclosed patio. Quote, Oh my God, I've never been this close to a bear, Diglio can be heard saying in the video. Tripod then made himself at home and lumbered over to the family's mini-fridge. Quote, once I saw him open the fridge, I got scared that he would open the doors to the houses, Diglio said. So the woman told the news station that Tripod had some fish food that was left next to their fish tank and then proceeded to the bar. Quote, he took three White Claws, drank, and left very happy. His favorite flavor is mango and strawberry. <laughs> Way to go, Tripod. <clears throat> so in case you're wondering if the bear was in search of a little booze, you know, not just a snack, well, the experts at the Bear Management Program at the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission do not think so. Quote, bears will test foods and bite cans to drink what's inside, a spokesperson said in an email. We do not believe that bears choose cans that are filled with alcohol. It is likely just a random search to test what is inside. Diglio said this was the second time a bear had broken through the patio screen, but he accepts it as part of living in Lake Mary. The family said Tripod is a, quote, well-liked member of the neighborhood. Quote, I was not scared because we know the bear really well. He lives here. We respect their habitat as much as we can. The FWC does not have plans to catch Tripod, adding that while Tripod was just on a screened porch and found an unsecured fridge, a bear that enters a home is a public safety issue and should be reported to wildlife officials immediately. And with fall coming, bears are more active as they search for food to pack on fat reserves, even if they are not hibernating as they do in colder climates, which encourages residents to remove or secure anything that might attract a bear, including garbage, pet food, and bird seed. 
Seeing a bear in a neighborhood isn't cause for immediate concern, but that bear may settle down and stay in the area if there is a source of food, which could lead to which could lead it to lose its natural fear of people. And then it says, quote, this is uh, from the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. It says, to avoid encounters between a bear or other wildlife and pets, bang on your door and flip your house lights on and off before letting your pets outside. This will give the bear and many other wildlife time to leave the area before your pets come outside. If you do not have a fenced yard, keep your dog on a short leash when taking them outside. I didn't even realize bears were a problem in Florida, so that's kind of new. Our next article comes from NBCNews.com, says Danny Masterson, rape victim, says he got a fair sentence. Quote, seems like justice to me. They are the first words from the woman identified as Jane Doe number one since... The That 70s Show star was sentenced to 30 years to life in prison. Coming out of Los Angeles, one of the two women That 70s Show star Danny Masterson was convicted of raping told NBC News on Monday that the 30 years to life sentence the judge imposed on the actor, quote, seemed like justice to me. In her first public words since Masterson was sentenced last week, the woman who was identified at the actor's trials as Jane Doe Number 1 said the penalty that Los Angeles County Superior Court Judge Charlene Almedo announced, quote, was what the law required. I didn't think it was outrageous, she said in telephone interviews. It was nothing extra and nothing less. Jane Doe Number 1 also praised Almedo for reminding Masterson that, quote, you are not the victim here. The judge's words when she addressed him were amazing, she said. That was optional, and she chose to. I felt heard. I really felt heard by her words to him. Jane Doe number 1 spoke a day after Masterson's former That 70s Show co-stars Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis apologized after NBC News and other news outlets reported that the couple had written character letters ahead of the sentencing in support of the convicted rapist. Quote, we support victims. We have done this historically through our work and we will continue to do so in the future, Kunis said in an Instagram video Saturday with her husband Kutcher. The letters were not written to question the legitimacy of the judicial system or the validity of the jury's ruling. End quote. And then Ashton said, we are aware of the pain that has been caused by the character letters we wrote on behalf of Danny Masterson. Jane Doe number one panned their video apology. She said, quote, this video was incredibly insulting and hurtful. My hope is that they learn radical accountability and the importance of self-education to learn when to keep their privilege in check, especially Ashton, who claims to work with victims of sex crimes. And as to Mila, I can only think of Time's Up. Now, Time's Up, an offshoot of the Me Too movement, is an advocacy group that has been working to combat sexual assault and harassment in the workplace and elsewhere. And I think that might be alluding to the fact that, if you're not aware, Mila Kunis was 13 years old when she started that 70s show. And she had to, I mean, like, I guess Danny Masterson and Ashton Kutcher would talk pretty disgustingly like sexual stuff about her when she was a minor and they were not minors. I think that's what she's alluding to. 
Masterson was sentenced last Thursday, four months after he was convicted on two of the three rape counts he faced at his retrial in Los Angeles. He had been charged with raping three women identified at trial as Jane Doe number one, two, and three from 2001 to 2003 at his Hollywood Hills home. The jury was deadlocked on the third count. Masterson has, through his lawyers, repeatedly denied sexually assaulting the women. And his lawyers said they intend to appeal his rape convictions. Quote, he's doing as good as can be given the situation. Masterson remains confined in the men's jail in Los Angeles, but will soon be moved to the Wasco Wasco State Prison Reception Center. The source said there it will decide where Masterson will serve the rest of his sentence. Jane Doe number two has on social media also been critical of Kunis and Kutcher for asking Almeida for leniency on Danny. So in their letters to Almeida, I don't know why I can't say that. On behalf of Masterson, Kutcher and Kunis painted a portrait of a disgraced actor as a faithful friend and role model that was radically at odds with the ruthless predator who drugged and raped defenseless women that his victims described. Other actors who worked with Masterson on that 70s show, like Deborah Jo Rupp and Kurtwood Smith, also wrote letters to the judge in support of the fallen actor. So did Masterson's wife, Bijou Phillips. That family, Bijou Phillips, is like the youngest sister of, you know, she's got a couple of older sisters, and I think the oldest sister, or maybe the second sister, is the one that was like literally having sex with their dad for 10 years, with their father. I digress. Uh, She's a model and an actor who attended all of her husband's trial, as well as his brother-in-law, actor William Baldwin, and brother-sister actors Giovanni and Marissa Ribisi, both of whom, like Masterson, belong to the Church of Scientology. None of them have spoken publicly about the letters they wrote since Masterson's conviction or about the backlash that Kunis and Kutcher addressed in their post. All have been asked for comment. Actor Christina Ricci, and I like her, also weighed in on Instagram with what appeared to be criticism for those who spoke up on behalf of Masterson, although she did not mention anyone by name. She said, quote, So, sometimes people we have loved and admired do horrible things. They might not do these things to us, and we only know who they were to us. But that doesn't mean they didn't do the horrible things, and to discredit the abused is a crime. End quote. So I would like to know, I need to pay attention to that, I guess, because I'm not entirely sure what kind of evidence they have. And I am in no way, I am in no way standing up for him whatsoever. But I'd like to know what kind of evidence that they had. That This wasn't just a he said, she said situation. You know, I'm not victim shaming whatsoever. I'm sure it happened. I would just like to know what evidence was there. I need to look that up. Our next article comes from fox5atlanta.com. By the way, that noise in the background is my puppy with his chew bone. I apologize. The title reads, Five adults, one teenager arrested after body found in trunk of car in Gwinnett County. This happened very near one of our beloved listeners, okay? So, this comes out of Georgia. Five adults and one teenager have been arrested after a body was discovered in the trunk of a car outside a popular Korean spa in Gwinnett County late Tuesday night. The suspects have been identified as 26-year-old Eric Hyun of Suwanee, 
22-year-old Junhyun Lee of Lawrenceville and 26-year-old Junho Lee of Lawrenceville, 25-year-old Hyunji Lee of Lawrenceville, and 26-year-old Gowen Lee of Lawrenceville, and 15-year-old Junyoung Lee of Lawrenceville. Good Lord. They are all facing charges for felony murder, imprisonment, tampering with evidence, and concealing a death. So let me see. So we have a 15-year-old hanging out with a bunch of, you know, middle 20-year-old kids. Okay. During a press conference, police said the victim was a female from South Korea who came to the Atlanta area to join a religious organization that calls itself Soldiers of Christ. Here we go. It is believed that the woman was held captive and beaten repeatedly and starved. Police said that her body weighed approximately 70 pounds when it was found. The medical examiner's office believes malnourishment may have contributed to her death. An exact cause of death has not yet been determined. Police say they received a 911 call around 10.50 p.m. September 12th about suspicious activity near the Jeju Sauna on Gwinnett Place Drive in Uncorporated Duluth. When police arrived, they discovered a body in the trunk of a silver Jaguar sedan. Jaguar. Detectives believe Hune was the driver of the car that contained the body of the victim. After he parked the vehicle, he called a family member to pick him up. The family member drove him to a local hospital due to unrelated injuries. While at the hospital, he reportedly asked the family member to retrieve a personal item from the silver sedan. The family member called 911 after finding the body in the vehicle. Well, thank God for that family member. That's him crunching, I'm sorry. Police then executed a search warrant at a residence on Stable Gate in unincorporated, unincorporated Lawrenceville, a location associated with Hune. An owner of the popular spa told Fox 5's Eric Perry surveillance video shows a man pulling up to the spa in the silver Jaguar alongside a Mercedes Tuesday morning. Good Lord, this, what? Sounds like a lot of money. These people must have money. Uh, the owner says the video shows a man looking in the trunk before hopping inside the Mercedes and taking off. The owner claims the video then shows the Mercedes come back that night and that's when police show up. The owner says there was a foul odor from the trunk and believes the body had been inside for some time. The sauna posted the following statement on social media. We would like to address a recent incident that occurred in our parking lot. We want to assure our valued customers that this incident had absolutely nothing to do with our business operations and was solely confined to the parking lot area. The safety and well-being of our customers have always been our utmost priority. We are fully cooperating with law enforcement authorities who are currently investigating the matter. We are confident that they will bring those responsible to justice swiftly. We understand that incidents like these can cause concern among our loyal customers and we want to emphasize that this was an isolated incident that does not reflect the overall safety and security of our premises. We are thankful for our security officers who patrol in and around our parking lot to provide a safe environment for all. It just goes on where they're like, please don't stop coming here. 
So police confirmed during the press conference that it does not appear there is any connection between the sauna and the homicide. They're very desperate to make that known. The victim has not been identified at this time because her next of kin have not been notified. And then it says the investigation remains ongoing, right? So if anyone has any information to share in this case, please contact GCPD detectives at 770-513-5300. You can remain anonymous. I would want to because that sounds sketchy to me. (laughs) All right, so our next article comes from people.com. Title reads, Fire that killed family members and was set by father of slain children. So an 11-year-old girl was the sole survivor after four family members were found dead amid the house fire that had been set by the family's father. The deaths of the mother and two children found found in a Seattle house fire were ruled homicides, while the death of a man killed in the blaze was ruled a suicide, according to multiple news reports. Murder-suicide. The King County Medical Examiner's Office, that damn King County ruled that Lana Stewart, 40, died of sharp force injuries, while Sebastino Ragusa, 7, died of inhalation of toxic products of combustion, and 4-month-old Valentina died of smoke inhalation, according to reports from all of the news stations uh, and the Associated Press. So, those three deaths were all reportedly ruled a homicide. So a fourth person killed in the fire was Salvatore Ragusa, 48, who died of smoke inhalation, the the outlets reported. His death was ruled a suicide. An 11-year-old, identified in a GoFundMe as Lulu, escaped the fire by jumping out a window, according to her aunt, who organized the fundraiser. According to the GoFundMe, Lulu is the sister of Sebastino and Valentina. I really like those names. Seattle police responded to the fire in the city's Wallingford neighborhood, having learned that the 11-year-old had escaped and alerted a neighbor, the department said in a release. Officers tried to enter the home, which they said was barricaded. Inside, they found Stuart, Ragusa, and the two children. A dog was also found dead inside the home. The 11-year-old was treated for minor injuries. So a statement released by Stuart's family and reported by two different news sources, referred to the deceased people as a family. Well, no fucking shit. Oh my God. Do you ever feel like some of the people that write these articles are just talking down to us like we're idiots, like we need it spelled out to us every other paragraph? Good God. In the reported statement, sorry, uh, Stewart's sisters said Salvatore suffered from schizophrenia. The same statement said that Stewart was, quote, a loving mother who tried her best to keep peace within the house. Oh, so has raised money. The lone survivor of the fire has already generated over $14,000 in donations in less than a day. Well, I'm glad that there was a survivor. That's a mess. And as if he cannot stand to not be in the media, wink, wink, Uh, Coming from CNN.com, the title reads, Oklahoma authorities work to find long-hidden trophies that BTK serial killer gave locations of. So he's the one apparently that fessed up where where they were. 
Oklahoma authorities are working to recover more, quote, trophies that BTK serial killer Dennis Rader said he hid in multiple locations, the Osage County Sheriff announced Tuesday. Quote, we have locations provided to us by BTK where he says he has other trophies hidden. Okay, sidebar. They should stop calling him BTK because I feel like he gets off on that too. If he has access to news, to the news, which I'm sure he does, they need to stop using the moniker that he came up with. Call him by his name. Don't let him have his trophy title, so to speak. The announcement comes less than a month after Osage County investigators discovered items in a hiding hole at the property of Raider's former family home. The items included trophies from at least one woman and bondage materials, authorities said. The search was based on a 2008 letter Raider wrote from prison describing trophies he had buried under the floor of his backyard shed. Raider took and kept victims' personal effects, including jewelry and clothing, CNN has previously reported. Well, yes, many of them do keep trophies. We know this. This is fairly common knowledge in the true crime world. The sheriff, who announced an active investigation into potential links between Raider and cold cases in the region last month, said in Tuesday's news conference he interviewed the prolific serial killer on Monday. Raider was arrested and pleaded guilty in 2005 to 10 murders in the Wichita, Kansas area that he committed in the 1970s through the 1990s. He is known for his cat and mouse games with authorities, including sending clues about his murders to law enforcement in the years before he was eventually arrested. He is in prison in El Dorado or El Dorado Springs, Kansas. There's an El Dorado or El Dorado Springs, Missouri and one in Kansas, and I always get those two names confused, but he's not too terribly far from me. And as I've said a hundred times, I always kind of flip his prison off as I drive by, if I happen to drive by. And so, and if you're not familiar with him, in case you're kind of new to this community, um, I did a podcast covering him. I'm sure it's been like a millennia ago, but it's in there. So if you're interested, look it up. Our next article comes from KIRO7.com. And it just says, local Tacoma man previously convicted of child molestation sentenced to 28 years for new crimes. Tacoma, Washington. A sex offender who was on state supervision for a previous child sex crime was sentenced to 28 years in prison for new crimes on Monday. Tacoma man Lamar Allen Thompson was convicted of producing and possessing images of child sexual abuse. Quote, despite a prior prison sentence, despite state supervision and registration as a sex offender, Mr. Thompson preyed on the trust of friends and family to horribly harm additional children. The acting U.S. attorney for the Western District of Washington, Tessa M. Gorman, said. In 2016, the 40-year-old was convicted of molesting two children. In 2018, an investigation showed that Thompson had filmed the molestation of the children. Case records show that Thompson's activities were uncovered when he lost his phone at a Tacoma manufacturing plant where he worked. Co-workers trying to find out who the phone belonged to discovered pictures of child sex abuse and notified the police. After getting a search warrant and finding out the phone was Thompson's, police found that he had filmed his abuse of multiple children. 
Thompson was arrested by Washington State Department of Corrections officers on November 8, 2018 and has been jailed ever since. After he was arrested on federal charges, Thompson asked for the trial to be delayed several times before pleading guilty in March of 2023 on the morning his trial was set to begin. Assistant United States Attorney Matthew Hampton asked for a 45-year sentence and wrote to the court in part, quote, Lamar Thompson committed unspeakable acts of violence against innocent children. Thompson's depraved and selfish acts were an attack on those children's psyches. They, not Thompson, will bear the heavy psychological load that all survivors of child sex abuse must carry. Yeah, we do. And they will do so for the remainder of their lives. End quote. And yes, we do. Our next article comes from cbsnews.com and the title reads, Man sentenced to probation after his newlywed wife recorded fight that ended with her being found dead near Bush Stadium. So a newlywed prison guard was sentenced Tuesday to probation after his wife, also a corrections officer, recorded a fight that ended with her being found dead at the bottom of a parking garage near the stadium where the St. Louis Cardinals play. And I'm here to tell you that that area that she was found in, pretty sketchy. It's pretty sketchy. Bradley Jenkins of Taylorville of Illinois was initially charged with third-degree felony domestic assault after 27-year-old Alyssa Martin's 2019 death. Court documents say a video taken on Martin's phone recorded Martin yelling at Jenkins to stop punching her in the face before she dropped the phone. Jenkins was a lieutenant for the Illinois Department of Corrections at the time. The recording, quote, the recording showed her pointing the camera toward herself. She then turned the camera toward this defendant and he was shown on camera they were arguing. She then dropped the phone. Quote, shortly after that, you hear her scream as she falls. When police arrived, Jenkins was straddling Martin's body and appeared to be intoxicated, according to court documents. He was covered in blood, CBS affiliate KMOV reported. But after a grand jury declined to indict him, um, what? He was recharged with a lesser count of misdemeanor assault he pleaded guilty to that charge before he was sentenced, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch reported. In June of 2022, Martin's mother sued a bar, the parking garage operator, and Jenkins for the wrongful death of her daughter. She argues that the bar overserved alcohol to her son-in-law and the parking garage operator didn't provide adequate security. That case is ongoing. Authorities confirmed to KMOV that Jenkins and Martin both worked for the Illinois Department of Corrections. Jenkins was hired in 2010 and Martin was hired in 2017. Jenkins, who's from the Illinois town of Taylorville, told police at the time that their co-workers had accompanied them to the Cardinals-Cubs game at Bush Stadium where they argued. Um... I'm kind of confused as to why he was not charged with murder. I don't know. That's, um, uh, okay. Okay, guys. Our last article comes from NBC-2.com. Title reads, Woman arrested for child neglect while swimming at Bokelia Pier. Bokelia Pier. 
Lee County, Florida. I freaking knew it. Florida, right? A woman is now in custody after leaving a child alone in a running car while swimming at the Boquilia Fishing Pier on Monday. The Lee County Sheriff's Office was alerted to a medical call to Captain Kahn's Fish House at 8421 Main Street around 10.30 a.m. on Monday, September 11th. A witness told the law enforcement that Allison Sarah Doherty, Doherty, 41, parked her car near the pier, turned up the radio volume, jumped into the water, and began to swim for about 20 minutes. Meanwhile, a little boy was still crawling around in the running car with the air conditioner on. According to the report, people shouted at her, saying that they were fishing and their hooks and sharks were in the water. Oh, because she was swimming. Uh, Doherty yelled back that she didn't care about the hooks and said, quote, she wanted to get hooked and she would want to meet sharks, end quote. I'm going to guess and say alcohol or drugs are involved. Okay, so once deputies arrived, they said she started to swim further from the coast with no signs of stopping. A Boca Grande Marine unit brought her to shore. So Captain Kahn's staff says they saw her and the little boy at the restaurant three times in the last week. Each time, they say she was acting odd. Quote, we called the sheriff's office. She didn't seem drunk. She didn't seem intoxicated. Something was just off. That's one of the employees. Their main concern was the little boy. Clearly, they said he was still very young and in diapers. Quote, he was a sweet boy, very well behaved. He sat and ate and watched TV like oblivious to what was going on, thank God. End quote. The employee said that while they all waited for a family member to come and pick him up and fed the little boy lunch, quote, if it was me and that was the situation, I would want somebody to take my baby in and make sure he is safe. Doherty has since been booked at the Lee County Jail and is being charged with one count of child neglect, leaving a child unattended in a motor vehicle for an excess of 15 minutes. And that's like the whole article. And so that kind of bothers me as well. So I, I have a feeling that some kind of drugs or alcohol were involved or perhaps like a serious mental illness situation where perhaps she was a little delusional or something. I don't know. It's not really my place, but... It kind of sounds like she doesn't really need to have her kid if she can't straighten her ass out. I just have, I just don't have any patience for people who do not put their kids first and foremost. I just don't, you know, children need protection so much guys. It's not even funny. I mean, I was raised an only child and I didn't grow up around other people or other kids much at all. And so you would think that I would just have a complete aversion to children, but it is quite the opposite. I love them. And I am not a bit scared to call someone out if I think that something's inappropriate. I mean, when I took that little vacation last June, those of you who have been with me, um, I stayed at a hotel and I saw this, you know, probably 60 year old man and he had like a nine or 10 year old boy with him and there were no visual genetic similarities or anything. And that boy was acting really kind of scared or whatever. And I took pictures. They were checking into the hotel. I took pictures of them because that kid was in pajamas and all that. He said it was his grandson. I don't know. It freaked me out guys. We need to keep, keep an eye on kids. It's not a joke. 
But with all of that aside, all seriousness aside, right? So we made it to Friday. Those of us who are off on the weekends made it to Friday. Um, I'm taking the puppy, little Monty, little Prince of Darkness, to get his puppy shots tomorrow after work. I certainly hope you guys have fun things planned. At least the heat is starting to break in Satan's armpit where I live, which is super nice. And those of you that are working the weekend, listen, I'm going to be out and about. So if you're working, thank you. Thank you very much. So we appreciate you, you guys who sacrifice and work on the weekends, okay? So love you guys. Take care. Bye-bye.